I'm going to sound horrible and stuff. <laughs> Shut up! Welcome to Games Overboard. <laughs> oh, I'm PJ. I'm Dan. <laughs> uh, I apologize for sounding stuffy, guys. I've got a bit of a cold. As you heard in the cold open. <laughs> okay, so we have a special episode of Games Overboard today, because not only are we reviewing a uh, Stonemeyer game, mm-hmm. but we are going to be interviewing... Jamie Stegmeyer. Yeah, just right after this. So this is pretty cool. We figured the best way to do that would uh, be just playing, you know, one of the games that I'm unfamiliar with. Um, I mean, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I know we towed it all the time. Um, we're giving it away in a couple we're, hours. We're giving it away soon. I, By the time you listen to it, it'll be weeks long. old. That's right. <laughs> I just haven't. I haven't played it. I've seen it played, but it was my first time fully playing it. Uh, and you know what? It's it's a lot of fun. Now, he can't take full credit for it. Uh, Correct. This was developed by somebody else. What was her name? Elizabeth Hargrave. So we didn't mention the name yet, did we? I don't So we are doing Wingspan. We did. This is like... Maybe we'd, I don't remember. No, anyway. no. We <laughs> yeah, so Wingspan. Um, so it was designed by Elizabeth Hargrave. Right. And uh, <laughs> from what I read, she was uh, showing it off at a convention... Caught Jamie Stegmeyer's eye, and uh, from there he uh, offered like to produce it, and you know gave pointers on how it was. Hopefully, uh, that'll be a question that comes up in the interview. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to find <clears throat> out more about uh, his story behind this. Uh, and the thing that I find so cool is, even though he did not develop it, like it wasn't his idea, you can really see a lot of his influence on the game itself. Yeah. Uh, Should we record a video? You I'm would not, as well. Why the heck not? Okay. We start over then. I mean, I guess. Uh, let's let's just close out this. Yeah, I mean, keep it open for now, but <laughs> okay, because uh, I don't, you know, um, we're gonna need it open anyway. We'll, we'll edit all this out, cut all this out. Will we? I hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So it was really cool to see his influence on the game. I mean, it's got a very, um, it's got a very scythe feel to it. Without being anything like Scythe, which is so cool. (laughs) The engine builder aspect of it. It, uh, The high production quality. Oh my gosh. Uh, Even... Even even the uh, the instruction booklet is so high quality. You pull it out and you go, "This really is." Yes. <laughs> the second I opened, the first time I ever opened it, I touched the book. I'm like, "Holy crap!" Like, like it's high quality. What is this stuff? paper? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's textured. It feels really great. It really feels like something that had a lot of time and effort yeah. and a lot of care put into it and. Anytime we see games like that, we know it's going to be something special. Yep. I remember I ran to Shannon. I'm like, feel this paper. <laughs> she's like, what? Feel, feel the paper. Just touch, so good. touch my rule book. That's what we call it now. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it, it, I mean, it's great, and the way everything is laid out is so simple. Uh, it took me a tiny bit to get uh, used to the game, but once you get used to it, just like Scythe, it you you go. It clicks. You know, it just yeah. everything just goes together so easily, mm-hmm. and all the instructions are basically right there on the board for you. You know, all you have to do is just learn how to decipher these little symbols, and they're not even, like, complicated symbols. Yeah, the graphic rules. design is really fantastic. strong. Absolutely fantastic. Um, so our components for this game, everybody gets their placemat, their player mat, uh, which is really high-quality <laughs> Uh, amazing artwork cardboard but... great artwork it looks like now on the back of it it and when it folds up it looks like it's a journal a leather bound journal mm-hmm. and then when you open it up you get your game board and the game board looks fantastic like you said the artwork is incredible yeah um yeah you see uh like a landscape where in the bottom are these uh wetlands and then there's like a meadow, meadow. fields, and then there's a forest forest. uh, up at the top. And so it's three three large rows of, you know, different habitats for birds. Yeah, and uh, what's really neat is each one, you know, just like in Scythe, you fill in the spot, and then you you have to, you know, you keep moving your way down. Yeah, you select your action, and then move down the the row. Uh, So as you put more birds in, you fill up that row, which gives you more actions you can do. Right, right. So it's the more that you spend to do stuff, the more... More powerful you get. Yeah, the more power you... Or not more power, but the more uh, actions you get, the more abilities The more things you can do, yeah. uh, Which I use to great effect to destroy (laughs) you today, PJ. Yep. And that's the thing, though. It's not really one of those games where, like, you destroy, you know, the enemy. It's you've got some goals, and it's yeah. a race to be the first one to, to complete those goals. Yeah. And you get, um, what is it? It's four? Is it four? Yeah, there are four rounds. Four rounds. Yep. Each round has its own objective, and then you have your own personal objective that you're going for. Right. And, and if it- you're lucky, you can gain up to you know two three however many if you're lucky like i did i got two of them Mm -hmm. so i was able to pick up that that extra one that i mean it didn't really help me win the game it just put me way over what you were gonna get yeah (laughs) yeah the whole time uh, i'm looking at that final score i'm like yep i don't think i won won this at all Uh, i can take this action and get six (laughs) points i can take this action and get seven points (laughs) <laughs> but he still has way more points than me at the end. But yeah, this game uh, I've heard many people call a multiplayer solitaire game. Quotes where you're kind of doing okay. your own little thing on your own little mat. You don't. There's the only real interaction is if I'm going for a bird and you take it before I can get it. You know, right? right. Uh, I take your card. So because of that, the game has a very non-confrontational, a very calm like kind of feel to it the zen kind of feel to yeah. it yeah uh, i just sorry part. i just when i said take your card i just i had a flash of daniel day lewis saying i drink your milkshake <laughs> um to anybody who has watched that film um it's a meme now too is like, it a meme now? Oh, it's everywhere oh yeah. my gosh all right i'm sorry daniel day lewis <laughs> and everybody else that had to hear that horrible imitation <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of the components in this game are pretty cool. You get, uh, you know, you get your cards, uh, which are again high quality, fantastic artwork. I mean, really, it looks like you're looking at uh, a bird watcher or bird collector's 
Sketchbook. Sketchbook. I mean, these... Even better than that, though, too. Like, uh, the artwork in this. Oh, the artwork is so so pretty. Like, I was just looking at the owls going, man, I really want an owl. (laughs) And you would kill me if I got one. Yeah. But I still really want a a raccoon, too, and she keeps telling me no. What? I love raccoons. I probably have one living in the farmhouse right now. I I won't know until I get in there. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, uh, components-wise... Just like every other Stonemeyer game I've ever played, like they are fantastic. You get your food source. Your food source is really high quality cardboard pieces. And when I say high quality, I mean it's one of those pieces that PJ and I would agree I wouldn't have this any other way. It's nice, it's thick. It doesn't feel like you're going to make any damage to this just because of how sturdy these things are. You get uh, a set of five dice, and the dice are wooden, and they've got the the symbols painted on beautifully mm-hmm. yeah. by the way yeah um and then of course you have your own dice tower that comes with it in the shape of a, a birdhouse and that's just really cool yeah, i saw how it went together yeah. i went no no way that is this cardboard so dice tower and it it's sturdy it is know? sturdy like for a second i really thought it was made out of wood mm-hmm. like it great texture great look to it uh, and, of course, it does the job wonderfully of, uh, as a dice tower. Uh, you, you get eggs. You get eggs. Yeah, so these plastic eggs, more... and they're all different colors and everything. Were they plastic? Or were they wood? They're... No, they're plastic. They're plastic. Yeah, Either way, okay, that's the good. That's how good quality it is when we can't tell if it's wood <laughs> or plastic. It, they feel great. And when you drop them, they've got, they give a nice thud. Yeah. Um, Just And they look so good on a mat. I have pictures, so when you see the Facebook post, uh, you'll see you know pictures of this yeah, thing. Yeah, and they're and, great. Of course, you don't have to have a specific color. They're just there to flavor it up, uh, but they look great. Yeah. Um, once again, I wouldn't expect anything less from a company like this. Yeah, if you Google Wingspan and see just the cover of the box, that's literally one of the cards, and every card is that caliber Oh, yeah, of artwork. They're, they're fantastic. <clears throat> fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, what worked for you in this game? Everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, liked the, I liked the solidarity, or not solidarity, the solitude there, um, where I really wasn't fighting against you in any way it was just focusing on my own stuff my own goals and then the goals of each round yep and seeing who can do it more efficiently and better right right which you only took me well the first round the first round that was (laughs) it yeah (laughs) i'm sure if we play it again it'll change but Uh uh-huh uh it it you know it's really neat that you get that kind of gameplay not a lot of games give that to you Mm -hmm. you're always even co-op games you're always fighting against something nothing where you can just be like hey yeah Let's look at this. Yep. In terms of the multiplayer um, solitaire, as some people say it, and they say they always say that with a um, look of disgust on their face. Uh, so, in terms of what doesn't work for some people, that will definitely be a turnoff. Uh, hmm. Just the lack of player interaction. Even uh, we're giving it away tonight. By the time you listen to it, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. Uh, so, by the time you listen to this, it'll be two weeks in the future. But there were people who. We're like, cool game, I'm not into it, because I like more confrontation, I like more interaction between players. But, uh, mm. you know, good luck to everyone involved. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, I, I'm, sure we could, I'm sure we could make it like that. Like, oh, I play this. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're going for some larger birds here. Uh, Let me take that one uh, from you, you know. Oh, I see what you have in your food section. I take this card from you. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, if you wanted, I'm sure. I mean, I did it 
once, I think, where I'm like, oh, Dan's going for the yeah. the goal objective here. I'm oh. going to just lay more eggs. <laughs> so, uh, didn't save you, did it? No, it didn't. <laughs> I uh, still had more eggs than you. So watching your opponent does help add interaction to it. This game is a great introduction to tableau building games where mm-hmm. you're just making this you know spread of cards in front of you and they all interact with each other uh engine building games too oh, yeah. i want to get i don't have many of each to be honest no uh, i know you don't i, and, I, you I know, really want some more though i really i really like the engine the engine building games they are um it's really cool to see a um what what you could consider a computer uh you know a rudimentary computer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so neat. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the theme? When you see, like, a, you know, it's a game about birds. Uh, so <laughs> It'll I be fun. I didn't know what to think at first. I was like, well, we're giving this away. I probably should be up to speed on what we're giving away. And uh, I was like, well, you know, I, I do like that box art. That box art is really pretty. And then when we get to the game, I was like, okay, this is... This is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. This is neat. I mean, it's it's very very pretty, very colorful. Yeah. Um, and of course, there is uh, an app that you can play this on, um, which is also incredible. I mean, gorgeous. again, beautiful. He showed me the you know the app on his phone, and it's the same concept, same great you know gameplay, but uh, it's more interactive. You get. To see like a um, not just a flat tableau, but a three D representation of what all of these lands, if they were put side by side, would look like. Yeah. So instead of seeing all three rows of the different habitats, you just see the forest, and then you swipe up, and it zooms out, and yeah. you're, and in, the you're in the fields. And then you swipe up again, and it zooms out farther, and you see you know the wetlands. And if you look, like, way off in the distance, there's the forest. And if you swipe down, yep. you know, two times, you'll zoom back right into back the forest. Right back forest. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's just... Uh, whoever came up with that idea... Oh, it's fantastic. It's just a it's genius. You know, um... And now I look at the player book, I'm like... Or the, the player mat, and I'm like, oh, you know, like... Instead, I, I always looked at it as just rows, like vertic- verticality, yeah, verticality, you know? instead of, like, actually seeing horizontally yeah, everything. Yeah, instead that. of looking... Yeah. You know, down, you know, like from, you know, you're standing like, you know, on a, a dock or something, looking mm-hmm. at the you know, water and then like you see forest off in the distance. Yeah. So I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. And of course, you have to, of course, to, to get that experience, you'd have to get the app to take a look and see how that would all play together. And the, the one thing that I'm, I'm really happy about these types of games, uh, especially with these creators is... Uh, you you like board games? It's a board game. You like the board game enough, but you want to do a video game? It's a video game, a computer game. You know, um, that's really cool to me because sometimes you don't have the time. You really want to play it, but you don't have the patience to sit out the board, or you don't have anybody else to play with, mm-hmm. or you don't want to go through it like, you know, dig everything out, clear a space off. Like you could bring it up on a phone, you can bring it up on your computer. Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff is really cool. Because uh, you still get that same experience, but basically you can do it on the go. So another <clears throat> downside to this game, uh, I just thought of because it hits it happens every single time I've had to teach this game to someone, is the top row. Oh yeah, the play a bird row. Uh, yeah, if you wouldn't have said anything, I never would have realized it. Yeah. Because when you look at the player mat, you see three rows. The gain food row, lay eggs row, and draw bird row. But at the very top, there's a very narrow row. It's narrow. (laughs) And it says play a bird. And a lot of people 
just think that's the headings for the columns, but no, that's an actual row all by itself. Yeah, an and action. And I see why it's so small because you just have one of your little action cubes to yeah, put in not, there. Yeah, you, you don't have to put a huge card or anything. Right. But um, I wish there was something to distinguish that because every time I've taught this game, I've had to be like, remember, like that's. Uh, that's a row. Like, if you want to put a bird down, you have to use that. You know. Well, luckily, you only had to tell me that once. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot, a lot of other people I've taught this game to because I don't think I've ever played this game where I didn't have to teach it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so every time I play this game, I teach it, and every time I play it, they always put a marker in the gain food row, thinking that's the play a bird row. You know, right. and I'm like, no, it's it's the next one up. It's up in the margins up there. there. Mm-hmm. And well, so that takes some wrapping your head around. Right, you know? but I mean, even there, if you look carefully, you can see you have, you know, you there are certain things that you have to, like, you have to give away a certain item in order to get said bird. Like, mm-hmm. uh, every column, if you want to do an action, you have to give up something. Like, I have to give up food to feed this bird so I can get it. Um, or I have to play an egg if uh, it's yep, beyond have, the first column. Right, I have to put so many eggs down to, to get... Uh, a bird into play mm-hmm. and then feed said bird like, yeah i have to, you have to do something it's a give and take kind of game yeah um, oh uh something i wanted to clear up uh it's not a bad thing it's not a good thing it, well it's an awesome thing actually uh is that every version of wingspan comes with a turn track like a turn guide it's called the Swift Start Pack. And is it? Yeah, and it gives everyone, like, two cards, I think it is, to start with. Like, everyone gets cards. You know, like, mm-hmm. a certain bird. Like, player one gets this bird, and player two gets this bird. Oh. And, uh, and player one gets this food, and player two gets this food, and player three gets this food. And, and so then it walks you through, like, eight turns of the game. Like, player one, you're going to want food first, so put your player, you know, and it tells you... It tells you how you're going to play. It walks you through every... Okay. So you get to see how every action works, how how the cards oh. work, how they play off each other. I say um, th- something to note, because on Amazon, they, uh, they sell Wingspan, and then in parentheses, with the Swift Starts Pack. And, like, they all oh, have that. that. <laughs> So, <laughs> so you didn't show me that. So yeah, because I was here to teach it to you. But and that's that's a great thing. If it's the first time everybody's playing the game for the first time, that's a great way to get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get you know like a well, I mean even Gloomhaven and Frosthaven kind of have that same mm-hmm. aspect to it, but in a different sense. It tells you how to play the game, how you're gonna you know continue through. Of course, Frosthaven guys, we are still working on <laughs> continuing our first. We e- just need playthrough. time to dedicate to it. It we- is a long freaking game. Yeah. Yeah, the only other game I've really seen that has like this really nice turn track tracker guide book thing, you know, like is Sleeping Gods, which I just got for my birthday, which you will love. We you will love this I'm game. Sure, I will. Uh, but it's, it's another I one. I haven't disliked the game we've played yet. Yeah, it's another one where uh, it literally says like, "Go here," you know, because it's an open world sandbox game. Okay. So it's this big map with lots of numbers on it. So it's like, go to number sixty-two or whatever it is, and and then like open 60 and paragraph 62 in the book read it and then it's like you're going to assign this person to do you know and it tells you everything okay. you're gonna do so it's kind of like a to, choose your own way yeah it's a choose you your own adventure meets, you remember those books meets you know like skyrim kind of open world okay. type thing god i miss those books do you remember those oh, choose your best. own way books yeah uh, my favorite was the batman book that my older brother had huh. 
Uh, of course, I read through. I sucked at that game. Mm, you yeah. know, like choose your own way. I'm like, ha! I'm dead. Did what? you know there was one of those in Elder Scrolls? There in, is in Skyrim, Elder Scrolls Five. Really? You had to choose your own adventure book. I did not know that. It was uh, it was like Horse the Dragon, or it was some it, Dragon was in the title. I forget what it was called. The, I'll have to go back and play that. It was fun. I. I died many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to get back into it. If they would only do something decent for the VR version, I would pick that back. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, you know, I'm so spoiled with other games where you can actually, like, yep. wield a sword correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Back to Wingspan. Back to the topic at hand. Uh, another, so again, like, in terms of things that work, everything this game is fantastic easy yeah. to learn easy to play absolutely all that uh other than that row my <laughs> wife shanna she says that the game is too long i beg to differ yeah. i think i found that game um i, f- I found it too short yeah <laughs> yeah i really did i found it too short well so, you and so i are be, used well, to these we, bigger games yeah we're b- used to it we're used to heavier rule sets where she she played it once when I taught it to her. Mm-hmm. And then she played it two more times when we taught it to other people who are not used to these rule sets. So it did take like an hour and a half to get through. Well, yeah, because you have multiple people you have yeah. to teach. And, and using the Swift Start Guide, too, because you know, you're reading the, a paragraph that explains why you're doing an action, and then you do the mm-hmm. action. Where, for you and me, I was just like, if you want to do this, you, you, know, you need to do this. Oh, okay, boom. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, I want to do this. Okay, this is what you have to do. That cool. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I, d- I did it. Yeah. Uh, and and as you get used to the rules, and because you're not relying on other people's turns, you are able to just plan what your next move is. So when it's your turn, you go. Okay, I do this, 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 that. My turn's over. Right. And your turn literally is seconds long. Yeah. Yeah. So and, you can zip through this. Game. And that's really great because if you do like preparing things, if you do like to to strategize a bit, you have the full option to strategize. Um, my whole strategy was to just whip PJ's butt, and I did. Um, I hate you. And all I had to do for that was just be observant of what he what he had and mm-hmm. what not only my personal goals were that I can show him. If, if I really wanted to, and I yeah. did, I yeah. did show him because it was like, hey, because I'm still a little like, meh, new to the game, what, you know, how's this? And then I promptly forgot what his goals exactly. were. Exactly. <laughs> he promptly forgot, which was like, good for me. But, you know, uh, if you if you pay attention to the, to the goals that you have set for yourself, plus the goals that everybody has to adhere to uh, or uh, strive for, for that round, um, really, you can just go, okay... This round is supposed to be ball based on this. I'm going to do as much of that as I can and make sure I come out on top. Mm-hmm. And of course, you're going to have to do a lot of things to prep for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to need more birds. I'm going to yeah. need more eggs so I can hatch those birds. I'm going to need more food for these things, you know. Mm-hmm. And each turn is going to really set you up either to fulfill that goal to the best of your ability or you're going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. And even like. Because, you know, thinking back on it, one of your personal goals was to have only birds... Only birds in the forest. In the forest, yeah. As like, many birds in the forest as I can get. And they, they could only live in the forest. Like, only. Some birds, yes. they can live in any habitat, any, yeah, or anywhere. one of two habitats, or some are very specific to where they can be placed. And, uh... So, like, even if I remembered that, there's not much I could have done to stop you. Right. Because Stonemeyer Games, I learned this as I was researching for our interview today, is that they do not like 
impeding players from doing what they want to do. Right, and that's what you were telling me, which yeah. is really cool. And I like the idea of everything's constantly moving forward. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't get penalized for making an action. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. That, I think that's a great so game it's the, design. It's the opposite game design of Munchkin. where they <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or Exploding Kittens, where it's all... Right. Where oh, it's all, move, I'm yeah. done. Where everything is, is a gotcha card, or yeah. a take that action. And, you know, that's that's cool. It's, uh, it's great in its own right, you know? You have to be in the right mood to play it with the right people. Exactly, and even, even for Scythe, which uh, it's probably one of our most favorite games mm -hmm. that we, what we play... Um, with Scythe, it's the same same style. It's you're always advancing. So think of it like a, a, a yeah. story or you know yeah. a play, whatever. You're always advancing your plot. Even if you lose a battle, you don't lose right. any people or mechs or exactly. Anything. And even in that so-called battle, that battle isn't something that you're forced into. It's something that's like, hey, you have a resource or you have a spot that I want. Like you come into conflict. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I also like that because it seems very natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it starts with everyone vying for the factory. Right. And then after that, it's just vying for territory, you exactly. know, just trying to have exactly. the most amount of land. And, uh, yeah, it like you said, very natural feeling. Mm -hmm. And this game has that, too. It's a, yes, it's got a very clear-cut, straight-through line. There's no backtracking. There's yep. no... Oopsie! You made a mistake. Now you get penalized by yeah. doing. You lose this. this bird. It flew away, or something. Yeah, you know. th this bird picked out your assistant's face. Or <laughs> oh, I'm gonna lay some eggs. No, you don't. No. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. there's, no, there's none of that happening. <laughs> I'm gonna lay some eggs, and a tree snake just took all your eggs. Yeah. So there's none of that in this game. <laughs> uh, it's it's always about forward momentum. Right. And you know uh, that's so cool because that will really help you in the in uh, the long run. Mm -hmm. I had myself set up. Uh, for example, I had myself set up with my forest birds almost immediately. Yeah, and that was kind of insane how quickly how you quick built that yeah, population. Know. Well, that was all just the luck of the draw. <laughs> I mean, they were there. I think I only had maybe one card left to do before mm -hmm. I actually completed that goal. And then everything else was, oh, shoot, I completely, and I did, I completely failed our first uh, round goal. I didn't get any points for yeah, it. Yeah, you didn't even get second place. You, yeah, you just had zero. I had zero because I didn't pay attention to it. And then the next one was, well, I already completed my goal. Now let's actually go for what they're saying. So the second one was get the most. What was it? Get the most birds in uh, in the wetlands. Like, oh yeah. Well, that's what I'm going to focus on now. Yeah. My personal goal's done. Now I'm going to finish this goal. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm going to say, if you're going to lose a goal really, really bad, lose the first goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Like, if you're going to go flat zero on this, make sure it's the first goal, because those are the least points that you can get. Yeah, that fourth round goal. Wow. Seven, oh, what was that? Was seven seven points. points for the for My the personal place. objective was only six. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. It's good. <laughs> I, I think we've pretty much exhausted this, uh, you know, our talking points on this, mm -hmm. just because it's so simple, it's so easy, and it's a game that if you really want to know how to play it, it's a game that you can easily watch online. Uh, just watch a, a, a quick tutorial. Yeah, you'd get the feel for this game very fast by no watching problem. people play it. Exactly. No Definitely. problem. Uh, you know, this. how many can this uh, hold up to? Five. Five, five players. Uh, you know, a lot of our games we play in two players, so our games usually are relatively fast. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'd assume with three players, you know, it will go a little bit longer, but I still think it'll be a pretty quick game. Yeah, especially once they all know the rules. Like, your second or third time playing this will go f so much faster oh, yeah. than the first. Well, how long did this take us? Like, 
15, 20 minutes? I'd probably say probably closer to a half hour. Was that it? Yeah. Still, still a fast not game. bad. No, not bad at all. Not at all. And it's it's a really, really easy game that if you're like you got a party going on and you're waiting for people to show up before you get into the big party game, I'd say this is a nice game to relax and start off with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you like Euros and puzzle games, this is also a good option to go with. Yeah. Definitely. Alright. Uh well So final verdict on this. Final verdict, uh this is a solid like a nine out of ten. Like Absolutely. It, it, we don't give number ratings on I, here. No. But, but uh so my final verdict without the number scale <laughs> <laughs> is yeah, buy this game. This game I, is just Definitely. Uh I'd say great. this is this is a game that, in my opinion, I could sit down with my own parents and like Yep. Teach them how to play real fast and just that would it would be a fun family night type of thing. Yeah, definitely. So as long as you're you know open for a calm game, a non-confrontational game, then this is definitely a game you Absol- want to check out. Absolutely. This is probably one of the most calm games we've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone yelled at anyone at, during the game. No. There no. are a couple times where I yelled at myself because I kept giving away <laughs> eggs. When you should When have. I really shouldn't have been getting rid of eggs. Or you've been putting them in the wrong spot. I've been the putting nest. them in the wrong nests, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of yelling at you, that there wasn't. No, that. no, it's, it wasn't. It wasn't like uh, Terran Meeple City. <laughs> I yelled at you a lot for yep. pushing me into buildings and. <laughs> yep. Oh, <that's> so good. <laughs> that was such a great game. Yep. Such a variety. <laughs> it's so much fun. So, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we can't wait to hear what you have to say about this review and our. Uh, our giveaway and all that we're really looking forward to just everything else that's coming up in 2023 yeah without further ado on to our interview with jamie stegmeyer yeah have a great week everyone bye guys so everyone we're here with jamie stegmeyer uh designer of many games viticulture scythe charterstone wingspan uh, well co listen close enough so um that that i do have a question about later but uh so yeah, I just introduced uh, Dan to Wingspan just an hour ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's awesome. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to Wingspan, Dan. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. I feel like I can spread my wings, but I can't Please stop. Because Don't I'm, embarrass us in front of the cool guy. <laughs> so, um, I'm trying to get on a date with him. So, yeah. <laughs> so he's been fangirling since the second you um, responded to the email. Well, I, yeah, I was really excited. Well, like, I've I've seen your videos and everything, and you're incredibly prolific in just the content you release, be it, be it your mm-hmm. blog or your YouTube videos and all that. Uh, so let's start off by saying, have you ever thought of doing like a masterclass or even like a TED talk or something, you know, like some, something <laughs> um, a little like a longer format kind of deal for game designers? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I have thought about it a little bit. But I, what I like about my videos, what makes me kind of enjoy the, I guess the videos, the blogs, um, is that I don't have to plan much for it. I just yeah. kind of sit down and go. Um, and with the with the blogs, at least, I can revise it later if I change my mind about something or if I want to revise it in mm-hmm. any way. Mm-hmm. The videos, I can't do that as easily. But as you probably seen in my videos, they're all one take videos. I Yeah. And, and that makes it sustainable for me to keep doing it. And so <laughs> for sure. master classes, you know, that I think they put a lot of time and effort. I could imagine. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you run three podcasts. Is that right? Three. Oh, yeah. Yes. Three. That's a lot. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, we are in the basement of our formerly haunted house right now. Uh, okay. Well, we no. had an exorcism in 2018 <laughs> and we haven't had anything going on here since. Everything's but... clean. It's okay. <laughs> wow. Actually clean. Yeah. And 100% clean. So I don't know if you're a believer, but uh, yeah, like the things, because I say to my students when I tell these stories, like, sure, you may not believe, but believe that it happened. If there's a scientific mm-hmm. explanation, great. Yeah. Like, I would love to find it eventually. But until then, you know, we know, we know what happened and yeah, we have an explanation for it. I use it in right? my, I'm, I'm a teacher too. So like I use it in my English class and I say, you know, there's a difference between fiction and nonfiction and there's, mm-hmm. you know, fantasy, but how do you go from fantasy uh, from nonfiction to fantasy? And it's the idea that you're telling stories and those stories can be misconstrued or they can be changed. So you end up getting, you know, fiction from actual nonfiction. So for us, this, this house is nonfiction. If they want to add on to it, make their own little story or a movie or, you know, a board game out there by a really <laughs> cool guy who's good looking. That's totally fine. I'll give you some ideas. I'll get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't talking to you, Dan. <laughs> but I think it's a good example of like, you know, if we lived nonfiction, but you might think it's fiction now. And that's the difference there. Yeah. Sorry, so I'm, I'm so story. curious now, but should, <laughs> is there a certain episode I should go listen to? to the first to learn? four are, well, first four. episodes okay. two, three, and four are our house stories. Yeah, the first one okay. is our sister-in-law, Laura, and Ray, our brother-in-law, Ray. Uh, we both had haunted houses. So I wanted to make the podcast because I just found that our story was very interesting. And I think it's applicable to a lot of people who um, maybe have had things happen but they didn't have a way to explain it so it's yeah. called the well house exorcism because our basement has i'm looking at it has a yeah well. there's a well in the floor of our basement it's cool oh, okay. and it's, it's it very existed. important to why there is activity on. so the you property. gotta listen to all the three-part series yeah so uh awesome. yeah i will I'm, I'm hooked yeah i'm so curious <laughs> after awesome. that i just spend time discussing things in pennsylvania oh you're from indiana right missouri i'm from uh, i'm in missouri yeah i'm in st louis now i'm from virginia but i'm in well, there you oh, go. So you know okay. Pennsylvania. Cool. okay yeah well, yeah yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Cool. So I do a lot of local stuff. We, we just did a Penhurst series. We're going into Gettysburg. So yep. mm-hmm. that kind of oh, okay. stuff. I do a lot of research. Nice. I'm an English teacher. So uh, I want to start off by saying uh, my our listeners are probably confused as to why we have one of the biggest names in board games on our podcast, because we've been focusing on independent designers and just getting their names out there and everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the reason why I thought it was so important for you to be on here is because you were one of them, like, you know, with Viticulture, uh, really kickstarting, pun intended, uh, kickstarting <laughs> you and really getting you like uh, to where you are today and how yeah. you don't use Kickstarter anymore. And so I thought, you know, you sharing your words of wisdom and through my research of uh, getting ready for this interview, just seeing that, uh, you know, like you have blogs on, you know, your whole procedure and everything and like lessons you learned from it and everything. So um, yeah. uh, how did you get your first inspiration for viticulture like how did how did that first game come to being yeah definitely um i i mean i was looking for a theme that i thought would appeal to gamers and non-gamers alike mm-hmm. um and i came up with winemaking because i know that, you know there's lots of great farming games that that gamers uh, are or euro gamers at least are interested in and i thought the the kind of the romanticism around running a vineyard could work well as a theme is and so mm-hmm. i Went with that. And what I learned uh, through the Viticulture campaign is that most of the people who backed it or were interested in it were gamers who happened to like wine or were just gamers who liked farming themes. The campaign drew very few people who weren't already gamers but liked wine. And yeah. so that was a good early lesson to, for me to realize, <laughs> like, if I'm going to make a game, like a, especially a middleweight Euro game, that 
like wingspan wingspan has crossed over into birders which yeah, is great i yeah. love that birders are, are becoming gamers as a result of it but i think that's an anomaly i don't think that happens with most games yeah especially euro style games you know it's usually yeah. usually more thematic type you know story driven games not mm -hmm. so much these puzzly type games right. really cross over like that so yeah. uh i think that's incredible um what the common theme I've noticed with Stonemeyer games and major props to you for is every time I open the box, I know I'm in for something special. Uh, mm. the, the components are fantastic. Something about the ink you use too, it, it just smells really good when you open the box. <laughs> I don't think he actually does the inking, but. Well, yeah, but I mean, just like no other game, you know, makes us feel that way. When yeah. we open the box, Scythe was the first time I ever painted minis because That's the true. game demanded it. Uh, and I, you know, I demanded it so much that he's spent money on the special type of paints and brushes. Oh, yeah. It wasn't special paints, it was brushes and the lighting yeah. thing you had, and the thing to hold me. I mean, I just used the dollar paints, the acrylics from Walmart, but it turned okay. out fantastic. Oh, they still look great. Yeah, nice. But yeah, no, the quality <laughs> of your stuff is amazing. Uh, we were just looking at the um, the rule book there for, for Wingspan, uh -huh. and it's just it's, the texture of the, the, texture the book. Is so tactile, there. It feels so cool. So where, where did that yeah. idea come from of just like, you know, high quality components all, you know, uh, what led you to that? Where instead, you know, making a cheaper game that you can market at like Target for 40 bucks or something, but you'd rather have right. that, that luxury feel to it. I think that just comes from my love of games that do that. Like there, there are plenty of Euro games that I love that just use uh -huh. cubes for everything. But mm -hmm. when they go out of their way to have you know, custom meeples or, or custom, like in Viticulture, the little custom buildings, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That enhances the experience for me it makes me for sure uh yeah it's more immersive i think to have something that looks like the actual thing Definitely. than not and the textures too that's something i discovered with between two castles i think was the first game that had that where i, I was like you know okay. i don't need to make the rule books out of the same material that everyone does why not yeah. try a different yeah. material and we've done that ever since because i really like that not everyone mm -hmm. likes that i would say like 90 percent people like it and 10 percent people really don't like it because it, uh, see, I prefer it just it. doesn't feel oh yeah i prefer yeah. it It feels luxurious to me exactly yeah, it feels rich absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah so my question for you is you know we mentioned we're teachers right so yeah. we're, we're poor but um we got into <laughs> podcasting because we love gaming so did uh -huh. you have a different job before you became a gamer or did you always see yourself becoming a board game designer mm -hmm. yeah no i i i mean it was a childhood dream but i didn't even know it could be a job i thought maybe maybe it could be a, a hobby that maybe if I got lucky, I would be published. Mm -hmm. um, and so I decided to take luck out of it to a certain extent and just publish my own game with Viticulture and, and become a, a, a self-publisher. And we published games like Wingspan from other designers as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I did have two jobs before this. I worked as a project manager at a medical textbook publishing company for like oh, wow. four years after college. Okay. And then I worked at a, um, uh, I was kind of a director of operations at a facility at the university that I attended for a few years as well. I went to school in St. Louis at Washington okay. University. Huh. Yeah. Did you all, when you grew up, did you want to be a teacher? Was that, was that your, your hope? I have my own story about that. What, how about you, CJ? <laughs> I wanted to be a train engineer. So the first thing okay. I did when he got me a VR headset was I bought a train game. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, so my story is I love being a teacher. So I'm glad this happened. I really say it's kismet, but yeah. our old counselor oh yeah was very <laughs> sexist and so i was top of the class i was in the top section of my class and uh so he would call us all down and talk to the top five and say like what are your plans because you're going somewhere and mm -hmm. at the time i lived in a 
a single wide trailer, you know, my, my parents my, were divorced, my mom and my stepdad did not make a lot of money. So I was like, I'm already a training manager at Burger King. I think I'm just going to stay there and work my way up and become like a, some kind of like district manager or something. And he said, you know, you're wasting your time because you can go to college and you can get scholarships and blah, 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 blah. I said, well, then what do I even go to college for? Because I have no idea. Like I wasn't thinking about that. He says, yeah. well, you know, you're really smart. How about you be a teacher or a nurse? And so you have to like think about that, like, oh yeah, that's 1950s. All right. Um, so I was like, well, I don't like blood. So all right, teacher it is. Like that's literally what happened. And he said, wow. Well, what kind of teacher do you want to apply to be? And I'm like, um, I don't know what should I do. He's like, Well, what are you good at? No, I'm like, I'm in the top percentile of the class. Like, I'm good at everything. So be specific. <laughs> So I just, I chose English. It wasn't like, I mean, it was an easy job. I thought I could do it really mm -hmm. well. I had a teacher that I love. She just made um, English so much fun. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Mrs. Saylor. She's listening. I'm sure she is. Um, we're friends on Facebook. Um, so that's where I kept, but then like, I love gifted education. So like mm -hmm. later I went back, I'm still in college. I'm getting my PhD, but I went back and I got my LOE in gifted because I teach gifted now, okay. seven through 12. Oh yeah. So do you I use, uh, do other of you use uh, games in the classroom? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. I run a tabletop club and we go every Thursday. I run uh, manga club at my school, but my gifted kids okay. play board games. And I always do the big board game thing yeah. at the end of the year. So Yeah, the kids love awesome. uh, the, the games I bring in and everything like that. They keep asking me to start a D&D &D club because you have one. They hear stories. I'm like, listen, <laughs> no, I don't, have, I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> I've done a PhD, sweetheart. <laughs> and I'm the boring one. I'm an actor. Yep. Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 oh. Oh, God. It's me. He's oh. one of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You, uh, Stephen Coker liked you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we were on the same coast there for a while. Yeah. And they're uh -huh. both like theater people. So they understood <laughs> okay. each other in the struggle. So anyway, back to nice. your board game. So out of all the games you've made, which one is your favorite? Ooh. Do you have, like, it's hard to choose. Yeah, uh, well, come on. One, one question yeah. I was going to say is like, <laughs> some game designers say, like, never make any of them your baby because mm. if some, you know, like if you have to cut it or if it doesn't, yeah. you know, if people don't like it as much as you want them to like it, then, you know, bad things can happen. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like board right. games are like children. They always ask, which one's your favorite? And you go, I don't have a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but you secretly do. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you one this because my kids will watch this one day. But I have a favorite. Actually, they're all they're all my favorites in different ways. But anyway, and that what I would say is the same for games. Like, okay. like like Wingspan behind you. Wingspan's the best selling game, and so it's had mm -hmm. a pretty it's had a very positive impact on us as a company. Beautiful. And yeah. so it's great for that reason. I'm I'm glad that it's given careers to Elizabeth and to the artist Charterstone. You know, it's our only campaign game other side than the side expansion. You may own like all of your games. I don't know. Side <laughs> there. There's so, still so many in one. <laughs> rolling, like, rolling Realms is the one I played the most because I can just play that. I, I play that one on on camera. I just play it. I play a round of it and put it up on YouTube because people can play along anytime. So I oh, played that cool. one the oh, most. Oh, that's cool. awesome. Um, yeah, so I and there are a bunch of games that we published that I didn't design. So I'm really proud of like what those designers accomplished mm -hmm. in those designs, and it's been fun to work for me to for work on to work on them as a developer as well. So for sure, like so which is your favorite? Were any of them like a true labor of love, or have all of them been that way? I like I feel like you know from a consumer standpoint, like they've all yeah. they have such attention to detail and everything yeah. that yeah. it feels like they all must be for you when i learned that you were the yeah. creator of all of these i kind of looked at pj i went you're lying there's no way <laughs> they're so detailed i would never imagine someone did all those different games yeah so kudos to you that's like just compliment thank you thank you 
Yeah, I mean, they're they're all labor of love. And that's really like if if a game is submitted to us and I don't fall in love with that game, I'm not going to publish it, which is yeah. it's very restricting. Like we, we miss out on probably a lot of great games that way. But I want to put everything I have into a game if I'm going to make it great right. or try yeah. to make it great. So sure. whether it's my design or someone else's design, it's it has to be something I love. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I, I wanted to touch on. We were talking about while we were playing uh, Wingspan. My favorite game uh, so far that I've played of yours is Scythe. Uh, by far hands down it it is my favorite because you get so much um free reign as to do what you want uh, yeah. and as we were talking uh because we just did a podcast before talking about wingspan uh we brought up scythe how it feels natural you don't go and attack each other for the sake of attacking each other uh yeah. if you have a conflict it is a natural conflict you're in my spot you're taking a resource that i require like right. there's going mm-hmm. to be some kind of fighting but with that having said that when it comes to games that you just publish how much influence do you have over those like wingspan we notice that it's very natural it's very organic things just happen uh mm-hmm. you know everything is laid out in a straight line so to speak um and how much of that was your input into the game and how the game kind of um plays out yeah like how much how much influence did you have with uh helping elizabeth or was it pretty much like done you know when you when you got when you got your hands on yeah well for yeah i have a i have a pretty heavy hand in in the games that we publish um Mm -hmm. i can't i certainly can't take credit for nearly all the clever things that you find in our games or the things that help games flow or feel immersive a a lot Uh of that comes from the designers Mm -hmm. but um like for wingspan when wingspan was originally pitched to us it was a it was a very basic game. It was uh, just bird cards and you accumulated some resources and tried to play bird cards. And the game mm-hmm. ended after you had played a certain number of bird cards. There wasn't really a sense of progression to it. Hmm. And so, um, but I saw that like what Elizabeth could do from the start is she could design cards that really, uh, where the mechanisms match the theme of those individual birds, which mm-hmm. isn't easy to do to design a bunch of cards in that way. So right. I worked with the, with her to develop that that kind of that player mat that action system where you have a sense of progression every time you play a bird or every time you yeah. you run your little bird engine and so that, <laughs> was, uh, that was a combination of us working together on that but it definitely didn't start cool. out that way yeah. it's really cool very cool uh, i just so, think it's so beautiful like it, it is looks oh so my perfect. gosh the artwork in that game is amazing i don't I'm even be- like think about what i'm doing with birds i just clicked all the certain color eggs because they're pretty <laughs> like and then i end up like not not winning but like enjoying it once you realize oh i have this i should do this now yeah. Usually, Laura and I just collect all the pretty eggs. Like we were nice, talking nice. Uh, just a little bit ago, it, it's one of the few games where we've played where we aren't battling each other mm-hmm. or uh-huh. you know, I wouldn't say yelling. We don't really yell at each other, but we do get some barbs in at each other. <laughs> we're um, actually yeah. giving it away because it's you mentioned it's a good couples game. So, like, we're doing a giveaway for Games Overboard. And oh, inside, okay. yeah, yeah we're making the drawing tonight. So, by the time this airs, it'll be two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so someone already have won that board. Yeah, someone has al- already probably has it in their house by the time this airs. <laughs> right. But, uh, but so we're, we're marketing it's a couples game because you don't fight. Yeah, it it does play well as a couple of couples. Couples fight totally agree. a lot. <laughs> Not in Wingspan. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, as you're saying, the most yelling that you mm-hmm. had was at yourself for making fight. boneheaded moves. Oh my gosh, yeah. Which just still makes me giggle. <laughs> That's the story of my life with any board game, though. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so getting into Kickstarter uh, and all that. Yeah. Um, so one of your mantras is no Kickstarter exclusives. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
I want to say that with some games you did have them, but you just mm-hmm. offer them now in your store. Uh, for first-time designers, a lot of them are like, we need people like we need butts in the seats to, to use a movie right. term, you know, like mm-hmm. what we need people to get in there. Like, so what do you say about the people who like they're got, they're offering uh Kickstarter exclusives because they, they kind of have to, to compete in that kind of yeah, market. Right. Uh, and they may not have the money for it later or something like, is there another uh, option that they might have available to them? It's a good question. <laughs> and you're right. Like everyone only gets, one first chance to 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 make that game or make that whatever they're really passionate about um and the option that i think is just equally as good but is better for the long term for any game is to make them promos that you can that, that are included for free with the campaign so whether it's a stretch goal unlock thing or something you include from day one make it a, a special promo that you include but uh make it a promo instead of an exclusive so that you can if people want it afterward, you can sell it afterward on your yeah. website or at conventions yeah. and whatnot. Um, I think, and oftentimes I think that's how people refer to exclusives now, Kickstarter exclusives. That's what they mean when they say that. Um, but to me, it takes kind of the fear of missing out out of it. Yeah, It gives people the option of buying it later. And the thing that you, that I think creators will find is if you make something awesome that people want after the campaign, you will want to share that with more people. Like you want to share whatever the the metal coins are that you made. Like Mm -hmm. if a lot of people want them, you will want to make more of them. And if you've limited yourself by that exclusive, which I did early on, as you said, I kind of avoided it on most of the really big things, but there were a few things that were exclusive that I think I've avoided making completely ever since then. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, once I experienced that and realized I'd made something that more people wanted, I stopped doing that because I just wanted to be able to make it for everybody. Yeah, I wish all companies thought that way. Oh, absolutely. There's one Kickstarter exclusive that's killing me that I can't get my hands on because <laughs> it's based on one of my favorite short stories, and it, mm-hmm. I just can't get it. And, yeah. and it's a big company; they can afford to make extras, and they just won't. But, anyways, uh, another question I had for you, um, leaning on Kickstarter and all again, is yeah. how um, because you don't do Kickstarter, and I don't see you like in social media outside of YouTube and things like that, uh, like in terms of ads. So how do you get mm-hmm. the word out for games? Because that's an issue that our first-time designers are getting is how, yeah. you know, what's right. the best place that you have found to market? How do you do your marketing? Pretty much all of my marketing is based on, um, well, I guess there's two sides of it. Part of it is that we have a new newsletter that mm-hmm. a lot of people subscribe to. And so if I have a new product that I want to share with people, I just put it out there on the, on the newsletter. Um, yeah. That is something that new creators don't have typically, unless they've used those ads, unless they've built up that that newsletter subscription through some other form of content. But the main side of it that I do is I try to create content that I think people are interested in that might add value to them, whether it's the YouTube videos or the blog posts. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram, I mostly post about other people's games because I just like to talk about games. And so it, I put that in the category of kind of like goodwill marketing, where I just, I'm sharing my passion for something mm-hmm. that I think yeah. other gamers are passionate about. And Every now and then I throw in something about one of our games that people can pay attention to if they want to. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It, that it takes time and it, <laughs> it feels right to me. But for a new creator, I, I understand that like they might only have a few months to get that interest going and their exactly. ads are, are yeah. ads are pretty good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um don't I thought for, you had a question earlier. Do you? So. I, I always have questions, but no one can answer them. <laughs> <laughs> no, can you? So <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I love you so much, Dan. Yep, <laughs> we keep him around for a reason. I'm not sure uh, what. I don't know. I'm entertaining. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so what kind of uh thinking back to viticulture and your early kickstarters what kind of hurdles yeah. um did you really experience that like uh you had to overcome and that you know surprised you i think especially in the early days i underestimated the importance of blind play testing mm -hmm. uh, like viticulture i play tested it so much locally just me and my friends play testing it, my co-founder play testing it but we really did very little of uh, blind play testing which is what, when you when you share the files for a game with other people and you're not there you're yeah. asking them questions you're asking them to kind of like fill out a form and things like that mm -hmm. and that goes i think a long way to improving a game making the yeah. cards more more clear uh, more interesting to play making the rules clear um and so that was something that I definitely learned with Viticulture and then uh, implemented it with Euphoria during the second campaign that I ran. So, yeah. so yeah, would you, um, would you recommend then for something like uh, now that tabletop simulator is a thing, like for mm -hmm. designers to post their games on there for people to try out to get like yeah. ideas? Yeah. TTS and Tabletopia, I think are great platforms for, mm -hmm. for putting games out there for people to try out. I still prefer to play test on the tabletop. I, Me I think too, the experience yeah. is, <laughs> like it's easier for me to actually you know shuffle a deck of cards or or, or you yes. know hold my own hand of cards and, yeah, and it's just to see more the real and everything yeah yes. yeah exactly yeah it's it's why we play board games at least right. for me yeah same here well, i do we, enjoy board game arena oh, what was that show? oh yeah i was going to say that like we when we do our border game reviews i know that we spend a lot of time i'm very particular about the texture of like things uh, yeah. because PJ started making me think about textures. So <laughs> You're welcome. So now I can't like get out of my mm -hmm. head. So it's nice to play the game to see like what the texture is and like is it yeah fussy? Is it not fussy? Well, no, fussy. Yeah. You yell at <laughs> me. For I noise. know. Yeah. Sorry, he's good looking and he's least weak because he gives things like you know he's just a nice guy. So I gotta. <laughs> I know. I think he and I are gelling quite well. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so um, do any of you play? Oh, sorry. Oh yeah, no, you finish. Yeah. Do any of you ever play, play? Like I found um, during the pandemic, we, I started playing games on Board Game Arena every mm -hmm. other week. And I just kept it going after that because I can play. I have like a weekly game night with people who aren't in St. Louis now. Did you all ever get into playing any games online or is, is it Tabletop all Simulator? Uh, yeah. yeah. When I backed Gloomhaven was my first ever Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. I backed uh, the second printing because I missed the first one. And uh, so they released like. I think it was monthly or weekly like scenarios you could go through and yeah. so i i did that so i could learn the rules and everything and then when he moved out to california uh i taught him gloomhaven over tabletop simulator yeah. as well yeah, that was my first uh experience with it yeah i played a couple other games here and there uh, i taught myself dead of winter that way mm -hmm. too uh before i bought the game we gotta do so, that one again that's yeah. the zombie with the dog right yes yeah, i love yeah. that one <laughs> save the dog <laughs> <laughs> like I love that game, but it fell flat with everyone else we play with. We haven't. We've only played it once. I played Scrabble Stinks. along with my friend Maria, actually, all through quarantine. <laughs> okay. We got we got someone with it. We actually had like we made like big accounts. I shouldn't say that, but like we actually had like three games going at one time just to see who would win. <laughs> we got we got really into Scrabble. Like, it was cutthroat. Yeah. You, do you have any um games where when you play you just think like this game is just genius from like you know base to you know bottom to top like it's just pure genius. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so many well, games like that. Like but, which, yeah. if you had, you know, like, what, yeah. you know, like Desert Island moment, you know, like to if you had to take like three <laughs> games with you, what do you think you can narrow down? I don't know if I could. I got mine. I don't know if I got mine already. Yeah, you're sorry. I, I see one behind you. I, I love Dune Imperium. Oh, oh yes. And that's mm -hmm. one. Like, not only do I love it, but I, I have tried to design deck building games, and mm -hmm. 
it's not as easy as it looks really because you know, there's that standard deck building format but to do something special with deck building like like uh like paul did with yeah with tune imperium is very difficult and mm -hmm. so it, i appreciate the game as a designer and i also just love to play it yeah 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 that, that is incredible deck building is probably my favorite genre uh, uh yeah i, I, I it's, love it it's probably one of the easier ones to learn of course, every yeah. game, almost every game has its own like variations on the yeah. rules and everything. But yeah. like the core gameplay is super simple. Yeah. Uh, we also have um, one of my games is actually over there, which is the uh, Legendary Encounters Alien Edition, yeah. which is what he bought for me for my birthday one year. Yeah. And he has the Predator Pack. Yes. Now we eventually really, we're going to combine I was just, them. Just say, we got to get ballsy and put them both together and see how fast <laughs> we lose this. Um, <laughs> table flips down here in the basement it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so my question is because we're teachers um a lot of the games that you've made or you know helped produce and print um which one would you suggest you bring into a tabletop game or you bring into your like my gifted kids for example um yeah. out of your group of games that would really get them invested and interested in board gaming i think um so the one I most often recommend to classrooms, actually, there, there are a couple. Can I give a few answers? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really quick answers. Uh, so I think that are between two games. Have you played Between Two Cities or Between Two Castles? I have not yet. They're interesting in that you, you're, it's a competitive game. You're trying to win by yourself, but you have to partner with the player on your left and the player on your right to build oh, either cool. castles or cities, depending on the game. And so it's really good for encouraging communication between people. Okay. Um, so I like that for communication. Rolling Realms, I think, is great for the classroom because it it can easily be tied with an assignment to the to the students. In in Rolling Realms, there are a bunch of different realms based on different games. Like um, this week, I'll be playing the Libertalia realm. I'll be playing an Architects of the West Kingdom realm and a nice. Scythe realm. And so it's like a distilled version of oh, a much cool. bigger game on like a single card. And so it's a good challenge for kids to say, okay. Now that you know Rolling Realms, take a game that you know and distill it down to a realm. It's a good assignment. And the last one I would say okay. is Wingspan, just because Wingspan, Wingspan. is so tied to uh, to STEM. Um, yeah, it, it's just a you know a good. It can be an educational game if you want it to be. My gifted kids will like all those. Yeah, she yeah, those definitely. Are, the thing we recorded this, so I can go back and write it down. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. We actually send a lot of games to classrooms. So if there's one, any of those that you want to try in your classroom, I'd be happy to send you a few copies for you to play oh, cool. in your Thank class. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Oh, we would love that. Yeah. Well, John Garcia's letting us borrow his. Uh, what, what does he call the major? The, the pub sized edition. The pub sized edition, which I'm not going to call yeah. it that, of course, for my gifted showcase, but I'm hosting a gifted showcase for my school for the entire IU. And so uh -huh. we want to have it there to get pictures for John since he's just finished his Kickstarter and whatnot yeah. and have the kids play that at the gifted showcase. Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of essentially saying it's like the entire region mm -hmm. is going to be there. So only a little nerve wracking, but because <laughs> we want to help people, like, you know, if I run Desert Island, betrayal. Betrayal House on the Hill. Yeah. With all the extension, all the extras, because gotta. Yep. Um, Uno, because I want to see how long it takes to like for Dan to throw one of us like in the ocean. Uh, Not you know, very long. Uno destroys friendships, <laughs> and I would bring Dex Dixon when it's finished because uh, I feel like that would like last us a lifetime because there's so many crazy stories that come oh, from that. Definitely. Yeah. So shout out to. Steve I hope Cooper. that I hope that Kickstarter. Me too. I really do I really hope do. it goes through. Um, yeah. But again, like that's why we were doing this. It was his idea was to make sure people get their names out there, get their games out there and explain it. Yeah. And uh, with that, you have a game coming soon in July. I do, yeah. I have it right <laughs> yeah. next to me. Expeditions. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So I'm going to be completely honest <laughs> with you. PJ told me that you were coming up with a sequel to Scythe and I freaked out. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, it's got this. It's a... 
I want it now. Like, where can we, <laughs> when does it come out? We need this. So what, what made you um, come to the decision that it was like time to return to that world? It was uh, a couple of years ago. It was three years ago. And I, it had been a little while since I designed anything for Scythe. We kind of closed, we closed Scythe with mm -hmm. uh, the rise to Fenris and then a, a few other accessories to come after that and like little expansions. Yeah. And it, Jakob kept creating art though, because Jakob still loves this world and <laughs> he's just a great artist. So he's creating random art here and there. Absolutely. And I follow him on Instagram and we chat every now and then. And I, I just started getting some ideas for it. I was like, you know, what happens after this? What happens after mm -hmm. the events of Scythe? But I didn't want to do another Scythe expansion. I didn't want to just redesign Scythe. I wanted to create something else, something different and unique in that world. Yeah. And so we just started spitballing ideas. Um, and, and yeah, and now there's a, there will be a game in, in July. Oh, so, that's awesome. I'm very yeah. excited. And we were talking about it's your this. birthday month. Happy it is my birthday. birthday month. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that that we were talking about is this is really exciting just as a board game in general, because it's not very often that you see a board game gets a sequel. Yeah. Normally, it's just a one and done type of thing. And then you get, hey, from the creators of this, it's a similar game, but it's completely different. But here you've got not an expansion, like a complete follow up with uh, new story elements and, and new details and things that, like I said, you don't, you don't see in this kind of industry. And that's really, really neat to see how your world can expand yeah. so large. And I think the world that you guys created is just fa yeah. fantastic. So how does it feel? <laughs> yeah. Um, how does it feel when, when you make a game like this and you're like, all right, we're releasing in a couple months, you know, and mm -hmm. it's already in production and it'll be here soon. So, <laughs> so like, how um how does that experience uh, differ from like when you were making kickstarters and stuff like that like you know just jumping right into production and retail it's what we've done for the last few years and so i'm, I'm kind of used to it at this point yeah. but i i like it a lot i i i still like the feedback like with expeditions we still had a little bit of time to make alterations to the rule book um mm -hmm. in particular and I, I'm glad actually that we announced it a little bit earlier than, than we have done for the last few games because people did have some good feedback for the rule book. So that was helpful, mm -hmm. but it felt like a, like a collaboration there rather yeah. than, um, a lot of people on the internet just throwing stuff at you for like a month, <laughs> like Kickstarter, uh -huh, which uh -huh. can be really intense, especially when you've already put a lot of time and passion into this thing. And, uh, so it's, 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 it, this was a nice balance, right? I know the game, like the game is finished, but mm. there were just some little incremental things that we could improve about the rule book. Yeah. And, and it's nice knowing that people don't have to wait a long time. I think with Kickstarter, it feels so uncertain now. I've, I've stopped even paying attention. Like if the game shows up, I'm excited to have it at my doorstep. But <laughs> yeah. with this, like I know, for, I can say with confidence that we are delivering this to people in July. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas with Kickstarter, That's it's great. not a, That's you can't really. You'll have to write weekly updates and things like that too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Must feel so nice yeah. to be established, you know, to not have that fear that other Kickstarters yeah, yeah. have, you know. Right. Or that even yeah. that reliance on continually updating everybody on, hey, I just did this. This is what we're doing now. Hey, yeah. Don't forget about the game. It's coming up. There's this. Uh, we'll do so, a little bit of that, I think, but yeah. But not <laughs> yeah. with Scythe in general. Uh, you know, that one was based around the artwork. Like the, the artwork started and then you built a game off it, correct? Uh yeah. How many games or 
have there ever been any other games where it started with the artwork or do you start with the mechanisms? What usually comes first? Yeah, it definitely depends heavily on the game. Um, yeah, you're right. Scythe started with the artwork. Red Rising started with a book series. So that, mm-hmm. I hadn't okay. done that before. Uh, Libertalia, one of our most recent games, started with, you know, another game, the earlier version of Libertalia that from 10 years right. ago. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, and then there are games like Charterstone right behind you there that uh, actually evolved quite a bit like it came from an idea that I had that was unrelated to art. Or I made my own world for it. But once uh, Mr. Cuttington, which is a husband wife pair of artists, once they got invo- involved and I started to see their art, their art actually changed the game. It helped build the world and change what I wanted to put into cool. that That's world. Pretty cool. So I, li- I really like working with artists while the game design is still in flux. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it really influences the game. Yeah, I love the artwork in Charterstone. Yeah. Such a they're pretty incredible. Style. Yeah, yeah. It's, I didn't believe. I didn't, initially I, I was surprised that they are the, the same group because like <laughs> the artwork for all of your stuff is so different. I know that you work with different yeah. people, but mm-hmm. just... so uh, you mentioned earlier, you talked about like uh, how a lot of your games are like medium weight euros, uh, yeah. things like that. Have you ever had any ideas like rolling around for like a more story driven kind of game, similar to Rise of Fen- Fenris, how that had like a story to it, but. Or yeah. something even just more Ameritrashy like Betrayal <laughs> House on the Hill. Hey. <laughs> you call it trash, I call it art. <laughs> uh, have you ever like, you know, rolled that idea around or are you definitely more of like, you know, the redu- reduction of luck and more about planning your your returns and everything like that? I I do like a I know fairly like high amount of them. player agency in games. Yeah. I'm okay with luck, but I like it when it's input randomness. Like when you're rolling the dice, if they're dice, if you're rolling the dice first and then making a decision based off that versus Uh rolling the dice and then mitigating that. Although there are games that do that well. Betrayal actually does that well, I think, sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. There's not a lot of of dice mitigation really in that. Sometimes that game can get pretty broken. Yeah. (laughs) Only if you're cheating. I mean... We're playing Betrayal Legacy right now, actually. Have you guys played that? We're about halfway through. Oh, that's where we are. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I love that game. We need to finish it. It's interesting to see like how the the whole house evolves because of that, and that very different, you know, endings because of how they. Yeah, because like you know, we we have played the first one to death, and so yeah, the the collapsed room is one of the more iconic rooms in that. And then like minor minor (laughs) spoiler, I guess for the for that, like there's a possibility that you can make the collapsed room in Legacy. Mm I don't know if you did it's or not cool. in yours, but we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I love I love how like all ties in together, like with the original edition of the game and everything. Yeah, I, I, agree. I love it. Yeah. Oh, and also about story games. I I, uh, yeah. I am working on a game that has a lot more narrative than my previous games do. Ooh. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I saw what like yeah. one of your YouTube videos was like your favorite story driven games and things like that. And and as soon as I saw yeah. the title, I'm like. Yeah, he doesn't really do that too much, does he? <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was a question I was very intrigued to have answered, for sure. Yeah. It definitely won't be on the level of Sleeping Gods, where there's oh, know, God, long yeah. paragraphs of text, <laughs> uh, which I do like. I think uh, it's um, fantastic. It's it's a wonderful game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but yeah, it I will know. have a fair you amount of text in it compared to other games. games. Yeah, I just got that like a week ago or two, oh, two nice. weeks ago. Yeah. Two, yeah. So I'm only play. yeah, I'm only like I played it for. A, an hour probably and okay. it's amazing just after an hour i see exactly where the game is going and what they're trying to accomplish and it's fantastic i love it 
it's an impressive feat. Yeah. All his board games over here on this side too, and the ones that are upstairs. Yeah, that's all the games that like <laughs> we don't play as often though. Well, they didn't like this stack, is this is the ones nicely, that hit like, the table more often. These yeah. are the stack nice and these are the stackable ones. ones, the thicker ones, the bigger ones. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a nice one display. One game we never you. play is Scooby Doo Betrayal. Mm -hmm. No. So, <laughs> so you um you don't design uh, trash game. <laughs> That's trash. I know you don't design games where um, there is like reverse momentum. You always want forward movement, mm -hmm. things like that. Not a uh, not a fan of designing games with like take that cards, things like that. Do you, uh, yeah. how about playing those kind of games though? Are you ever in the mood for like just you know dumping all these a horrible cards on a friend? A game of pure spite. <laughs> Uno. <laughs> there, are, I mean, I see skull behind you. There, skull is in uh -huh. that category. That's a fun one. Yeah. It's up yeah. yeah. Usually, if they're if they're shorter games, there are games in that category that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, but it usually yeah. needs to be pretty short. That's something like for me as like someone who will probably never design a game because I just have no ideas rolling around there. So I'd like to know, like you know, for a designer who doesn't design those kind of games, like you know, do you like playing them too? Uh, you know, you design really good D and D campaigns, though. Kind of like oh. uh, like I homebrewed a campaign, but it's literally just ba based off a book series. <laughs> And so, oh, okay. so like I, you know, none of it's really original per se. It's just yeah. taking what I love and, you know, like throwing all my friends into it. Uh, That's why I still cool. want your help finishing yeah. this one I'm working on. Yep. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he has he has one going. I don't on know right if he now. plays D and D. That's not nerd, nerd out too much. But if you like, I, actually, I never games. have. I need to oh, really I need to play it. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Fun. I need to play. I need to find a good short campaign of it to play. Like either one to three sessions. I yeah, the people play, yeah. you know, some campaigns that last years. I don't have time to do years of a yeah. campaign, but a I agree. One. That's how um, with my tabletop club, because we only meet for like an hour, an hour and a half at a time. So it has yeah. to be in really short bursts and everything and like little micro campaigns. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's the same kind of deal there for sure. We did the same thing with um with Jack when he ran our his first campaign years ago, um, and I was like, "Yeah, we'll try it out." And then I fell in love with my character. I'm like, "We got to keep going." Like, sorry, <laughs> yeah, this we need to keep going. Die. <laughs> so you say three three short episodes, but no, it's going to be like a year. You'll get hooked. Yep, yep, yep. Especially if you love like just telling a, a collaborative story around the table and things like that. Cause right. that's really what is yeah. my, my favorite way to pitch it to people. I'm like, have you seen whose lines it anyway? I'm like, it's that with dice, you know, it's like, much. You know in, in, where in improv it's everything is yes. You know, you roll die and that will tell you if it's yes or no. Mm -hmm. And then you yeah. just play off it from there. Right. I'm just thinking of our current campaign. Cool. If you were to listen to danger and dice, how your character is oh, just like, gosh. I'm going to attack. I rolled a one. <laughs> the, nope. <laughs> no. Yeah. So when it comes to that, if you want to get into it uh, with more familiar characters, there's also yeah. a, a, a uh, an easier rule set called Mutants and Masterminds that was designed in the 80s. One of my favorite things okay. that I play with uh, a group of friends online is um, it's the uh, the DC universe. So you get to oh, play okay. as heroes or villains, and then and those are very short campaigns if you go by the book. Uh, okay like probably done in one or two sessions yeah so if you're interested in that i'd definitely say look those up okay yeah thank you yeah i love the superhero theme oh me too i always play <laughs> batman batman yeah. um, <laughs> i don't think about it as batman like, yeah i don't think and it's it, funny because yeah, when we yeah. start the game we're just like well we know what that is yeah uh, let's just move on <laughs> what if i wanted to be batman uh you could be no you're supposed to just go i'm batman 
could be back. You had a chance. I know I had the chance, but I'm not taking that away from Michael Keaton. Way we need to wrap this up. You're gonna give us way more time than we offered. Yeah, he did. That's fantastic. So thank you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you don't say goodbye, we'll we'll just keep talking. We will. Yeah, we're always so appreciative, whether you're first time designer or you know, you know, someone like you know. Jamie Stegmeyer, you know, uh, coming on the show. Uh, who Ooh, we are just. Voice. You sound so excited. I'm so excited right now. So, uh, like seriously, I we are extremely grateful for having you. Oh, definitely on here. I really appreciate the invitation, and I like that you're you're highlighting uh, uh, newer designers as well. I think that's yeah. often uh, overlooked um, by interviewers. So it's awesome that you're doing that. Yeah. What what advice? Uh, other than like looking at your Kickstarter lessons from Kickstarter blog, what uh, yeah. like one big piece of advice would you have for them? Do you that think? That was going to be my closing question. High five. Yeah. <laughs> Teamwork. Teamwork. So for a new designer, what would I yeah. suggest? Um, I mean, you've actually touched upon it a little bit when with your question about take that games. I think it's, I've learned so much by playing games that I didn't expect to like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so stepping outside my own genre and, and playing a really wide variety of games, I've discovered some of my favorite games that way. I've also discovered some games that I didn't like, but I learned from them too. I learned what I didn't like and what I didn't want to put in my game. So mm-hmm. for any up and coming new designer, um, that would be by far my my top recommendation to play a lot of games, including those that you don't expect to like. I think that's cool. fantastic. I love Wait, it. I saw me all the yeah. time and I go, no, I'll play with Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll, better. you'll like Gloomhaven, I swear it. Um, <laughs> you'll like Scythe too. Just... I know, it's just the boxes scare me. No, Scythe, I leave for you and Owen and Dan because you guys are so cute together when you play it. Uh, so <laughs> before really one thing we uh, always offer our guests is we record every Friday at 7:30 mm-hmm. Eastern. Uh, you are always welcome if you play a game like man, I wish I could talk to someone about this game. Like, let us know. Yeah. Send us an email beforehand, and we'll cut out like a 15 minute segment. Yeah. Have you on? Oh, cool. uh, we we'd love to have you back. Uh, you are like you are just absolutely delightful. Uh, we <laughs> okay, okay, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe when we both finish our betrayal campaigns, I can pop on and we can talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that would give us a reason to get yeah. back into it, then. Yes. Yeah, thank so, you so much. Thank you so much my for being pleasure. on the show. Thank you all. Uh, good yeah. luck on your release for Expeditions. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to getting yeah. my hands on that myself. Two. two copies, one for Dan, one for PJ. Yeah, birthday present. Yeah. Birthday <laughs> present. Nice. I want to get the Ironclad Edition. It's metal. Okay, you sounds metal. good. Oh, geez, I, I'll put in some extra money just for that. We'll put in the anyway. So thank you for coming. Yes, on. thank you so much for yeah, coming on the show. Pleasure. You made my Valentine's Day gift much easier this year. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, it was wonderful well, to meet all of you. Yeah, thank you. Yes, and let, you yeah, let me know when this goes live, and I'm going to go find those old episodes so I can learn about your haunted house. Definitely, awesome. yeah. And if you would, if you could, just tell Megan she did a great job. I will. I will. I'll let her know right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. She's probably tapping a crook on. I'm very happily Ooh. married, but yeah, just tell her that I approve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. All right, guys. Have a good Take night. Take care. You too. Thank you. Have yeah. a great day. Bye.